Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. We've been going through the book of Acts together in Acts chapter 1. And it says this. It says um, in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the outer ends of the earth. It's the whole basis of the book of Acts. And we just so happen to have people that it seems like they're at the outer ends of the earth. They uh, come to us from uh, Bolivia, which um, I got to go visit last September. And they're just doing amazing things uh, down there in Cochabamba and uh, just telling people about Jesus. And that's the whole point is that um, we are God's witnesses. And so they're going to come and speak to us about uh, just the blessings that, that God gives and uh, what God is doing in and through them. And so I'm going to invite uh, James up and then James will introduce his whole entire family. So would you give a warm welcome to James Woolheater? Hopefully, obviously not James. However, this, thi- this thing, this phenomenon has been happening in our family and even happened here in Glasgow. Um, so is there, are you going to put a picture of the family up? I'm Jenny, my husband James, and my three boys. Can you guys stand up, please? <clears throat> so this is Koi. Turn around and say hi. He's 17. Sai is 14. Turn around. He doesn't like to do that. And Kate is 11. So these guys are awesome. This phenomenon has been happening. We go somewhere and they see all of us together and they're like, well, where's your husband? And I'm like, he is right here, like literally right next to me. (laughs) Because of the curly hair, I think they think that I'm the mom of four boys. And so I don't know what to do with this. We went to Renew Size Passport and we walked into the post office and the lady said, I need both parents here. And I said, we are, we're both like right here, so. You could pray for us in that way. <laughs> um, we do. We come to you from Bolivia, Cochabamba. We have been there for 16 years. We came to Glasgow. What did we decide in 2000? 2003. That's the last time we have been through here. So it's a super pleasure to be with you this morning and just to share with you a little bit about what God is doing. We're originally from Indiana, the very northeast corner. James and I went to high school together and I'm a kind of high school sweethearts and we just pursued missions and the Lord has been really faithful to us. We returned from Bolivia June 1st of last year. 2018, and we have our tickets to go back um, June 20 or July 26th. Sorry, July 26th coming up. So we're really excited about that to get home. And we um, tomorrow will be on the road four weeks, and we're traveling, visiting churches, inviting people to be a part of the ministry, and just sharing what God is doing there, and saying thank you to those of you who have been supporting us. So we wanted to do that today. I get to introduce us and a couple of our. Um, things that we have going on there on the back table there is this paper about work teams they're called faith adventures teams if you're interested you can pick one of those up or you can talk to us about that we have three different options coming up this next year we have a children's team that's coming down to do um, some ministry with kiddos there's an extreme missions trip for those of you who are a little more adventurous 
Um, we're capping that team at five. There is a medical clearance required, and that is um, doing some hiking, taking supplies out, visiting pastors in rural areas. And the last one is a construction project to help build a base that the missionary training program that we work with is constructing. So there are dates on these. If you, there, there, there's just one or two of you that would like to join a team, you can do that. If you want to get together as a church and bring a team, we can set different dates. But um, no pressure, but if that's something you're interested in, that is available to you. Um, we have been working the last five years with a missionary training program. And what that means is that we help train South Americans to be missionaries. So the really exciting thing for us is that the Latin Americans have now, the last, about the last five or six years, have gotten this vision of we, we can go to the ends of the earth. We don't just have to be in Judea or Jerusalem, Samaria. We can go to the ends of the earth. And that's a great thing for us to see as missionaries because we've always said we're working ourselves out of a job. And so this for us is kind of the last step in discipleship. We worked in um, discipleship, we worked in theological education most of our career in Bolivia, and we've turned a lot of that over to the national church there, and we thought, maybe our time here is done. So we started to pray, and the national church came to us and said, we would like for you to help us start a missions arm of the church. We want to send missionaries. And we were like, this is exciting. And so we said, sure. And James will talk a little bit more about the missionary training program, but it's a, it's a fabulous time in Latin America. They are saying, okay, we can do this. It doesn't have to be the white North Americans. And they are reaching out. We had a girl who trained in the missionary training program who just this week went to India. And so her name is Vasti. If you think about it, you can pray for her. And so it's, it's a really neat thing. There are places that we can't get into as Americans that South Americans can. So for instance, Bolivia has political relations with China and Iran, and so on their passport, it's easier for them to get into. Um, we went to India last year to check out ministry opportunities for the, for the students to do some internships. And as you can imagine, I stuck out like a sore thumb there. But the Bolivians, they can go and they just blend right in. There's no, it's very seamless for them. And so we also had the opportunity <clears throat> to visit a Bolivian couple in Nepal the, um, that we had never met, but they're missionaries there. And they said to us, uh, we were telling them about the ministry and the program, and they said, oh, we are so excited. You have got to go back to Bolivia and train people because we receive missionaries in Nepal and northern India, but they're very patriotic towards Bolivia. They love their food, they love their families, and they don't last very long because they haven't been trained about what's going to happen or the things to expect. And, and they leave quickly, and they said, we need people to be trained before they come to us. So that was an encouragement to us. And so there's just lots of really fabulous things going on in Latin America, and we're excited about that. And I'm really just thankful for the opportunity to work with those who are wanting to be missionaries. So after, um, you can pull up that video if you want. We're going to show a three-and-a-half-minute video, and it's about the missionary training program called ACOM. That's a Spanish acronym, and so you'll get to see a little bit more about that. The other thing I get to do is talk to you about the prayer card. Seth mentioned it. It's in the bulletin. Um, it comes apart, so if you want to tear it apart so you remember to pray for us, you can do that. 
Um, the other thing is, the other side says praying for you. If you want to be a part of our prayer team, you can check that box, fill in the your name and address there, and we'll send prayer letters out. We put prayer requests on Facebook also. Um, if you would like to become a monthly partner, you can check that box and how much you would like to invest. It says for five years, but some people aren't quite comfortable committing that long, and that's okay. Whatever the Lord leads you to do, you can um, fill that out. There are other options for one-time donations and electronic funds transfer on the back. Money is the thing that missionaries don't like to talk about because you can't really put a price tag on, on the ministry. Um, but we obviously can't be in Bolivia without your prayers and without your finances. They're both um, things that sustain us. And we know that people are praying for us, and we know that people are giving, and we really appreciate that. So we just want to say thank you. We are about $1,000 short a month um, in monthly support, but we know that God has a plan for that. And we have a fabulous ministry team. We have a solid foundation, and we appreciate them. And we just are inviting people um, to join in the team. So we're always excited. One thing that we love as believers is that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to pray for you here in Glasgow and your ministries here. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you get to participate in the ministry in Bolivia. Um, and we represent you there. And so we just invite people to be a part of that. So if that's something God has for you, then um, we just ask that you would be obedient to that. Um, did I forget anything? That was a lot. Okay. So now we'll go to the video. And I'm going to pray real quick before the video. And then James will come and preach and share a little bit more. Jesus, we are so grateful um, for your Holy Spirit, <clears throat> for Pentecost that we celebrated not long ago. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that is just with us, and we can't, we can't live without you, Father. We cannot, um, can't go forward. So we thank you for that. We pray for James this morning as he comes to bring your word. Pray that it would be your, um, your words and not his that your will would be done and not ours this morning, Lord. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. ECAM is a Christian mission school based in Bolivia in the center of South America. ECAM's mission is to glorify God by forming disciples that take their part in the great plan of God, that the world might know, love, serve, and worship Him. To achieve this aim, ECAM offers an itinerant three-year training program which is broken into six-month blocks. Each six-month block consists of two months of theory and training, followed by four months of practical service. Training is always done in a different location within Bolivia or one of the surrounding countries such as Paraguay, Peru or Argentina. The two months of training are very intense, with all the students living together in the community and studying a different subject every week. The curriculum is designed to give students a strong theological foundation, as well as practical skills that they might need on the mission field. Also during this time, Ekam runs medical campaigns, evangelism in the local area, as well as offering training for pastors. The four-month practical block is a ministry immersion where students are sent in pairs to different locations throughout Latin America. It often requires the students to serve in contexts that are very different from what they are used to. 
the climate, food and culture of different places all contribute to challenge presuppositions and shape character, not to mention the distinct Christian culture that different denominations and ministries present. In early 2018, members of the Ekam leadership team travelled throughout the north of Bolivia, visiting students during their practical service. It proved to be quite the adventure as the highways struggled to serve their purpose during the wet season. Despite the challenges, it proved to be a time of mutual encouragement. We even made it as far as an isolated indigenous community where Ekam students Jorge and Fausto were serving. Here is what some of the leaders in the community had to say about them. Ha sido de gran bendición para nosotros, para la comunidad aquí, las Mercedes. Ellos son unos jóvenes muy valientes para las misiones porque no cualquiera viene a estos lugares a, a servir a Dios. Dar su vida por, por, por predicar la palabra y dar un buen testimonio a, a esta comunidad. Como iglesia local, como responsable de iglesia, muchas veces me siento solo y con la compañía de los jóvenes nos sentimos acompañados y lo mejor que ellos vienen a apoyar con una disciplina buena, eh, con, con ese amor a Dios y, y con una teología y una doctrina sana. Ekam has a proven history of raising up young disciples for service in the Kingdom of God in Bolivia and beyond. They said it's been 16 years since we've been here, and so the sanctuary wasn't here in the gym, and so it's neat to, to see that. Uh, our youngest was just a, a baby when we came, so uh, things have changed for, for all of us. I uh, just want to thank the runners and uh, others who have been a blessing to us. Uh, the Olfords are keeping us, or, well, they're gone, but they're letting us stay in our house uh, this weekend, and uh, it's been such a blessing. As we travel, uh, we've been back for a year, and we travel. Uh, we were in the east, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana uh, earlier this year, and now we're out here out west. And as we go everywhere, people just bless us in so many ways, giving us a place to stay and food. And uh, yesterday we got to be out in the lake. Um, one of the things that I miss, uh, people ask us, like when we're in Bolivia, what do you miss about being, you know, things that you miss in the, in the States? And uh, besides family, the thing I say is, uh, is the lake. Um, I grew up on a farm in Indiana, but there was a lake just a half mile away, and on the weekends we would be out skiing and tubing, and so that's the thing that I, I miss the most. And so uh, it was uh, you know, a blessing yesterday, and also Brad and Jory were out there with us as well. Uh, just, you know, just so, uh, so much fun. Uh, just, so it, it's such a blessing. I want to talk about blessing this morning. Um, you can go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, it begins, uh, we see where God, from the beginning, wanted to bless the earth. And he says here uh, in Genesis 1.28, he's talking to Adam and Eve, and he says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And so from the beginning, he created Adam and Eve, he blessed them, but he gives them the command to fill the earth. He's wanting his blessing to to fill the earth. Unfortunately, uh, right after this, Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, wickedness filled the earth. Uh, and then God had to send a flood. 
and only Noah and his family survived. Uh, just as we began this trip, we went to the, the, to the ark there in northern Kentucky uh, near Cincinnati. It was a, just a neat experience. If you're ever out that way, I'd encourage you to go visit. Uh, it's just uh, neat to see it, the size and just all the different things they said. But um, you know, from there, we, a few chapters later, we had the Tower of Babel. Uh, the people were all together and had not filled the earth as God had commanded them. And so he, you know, he made them their voice, you know, they gave them different languages. And so then from there they scattered, started to fill the earth. And then we come to Genesis 12. Go ahead to the next slide. Um, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So the first thing we see here is God told Abram, He said, Go. Uh, I had a, my favorite seminary professor, Dr. John Oswald, he always said, you know, the Bible doesn't say this, but I always wondered how many people God came to and, and gave this command. We don't know. Maybe Abram was the first, but he gave Abram this command. He had to go, and he gave him some promises here. In verse 2, he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. So he gives him three promises here. And do you think the reason is just because he liked Abram? You know, I like you, Abram. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make a nation out of you. No, he, he says the reason here right after. He says, and you will be a blessing. So he was blessing Abram in order that he can be a blessing to others. And then God continues here. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And here we get to the, to the main purpose here. He says, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So he was blessing Abram in order for him to be a blessing, but the ultimate goal was that all peoples on earth, some versions say all families on earth, will be blessed through you, which is ultimately through Jesus Christ. And then uh, we will talk about in Acts, the Holy Spirit. Go ahead to the next slide. Um, I'd like to introduce to you Luis and Ellie or Elizabeth. Uh, they are the founders and directors of the missionary training school that we work with. As Jenny said, uh, it's actually about eight years ago, we were praying uh, about God, what direction God had for us uh, in ministry. And um, he told us, uh, you know, we should be training Bolivians to be sent out as missionaries. And so uh, originally I was thinking I started a missionary training school. But uh, we were able to meet Luis and Ellie. And uh, Luis has quite the testimony. Um, he's never shared it like all at one time, but uh, we've traveled quite a bit together, and I hear bits and pieces as we travel. And uh, actually, the trip that uh, was on the video, as we were coming back uh, to Cochabamba, we uh, were in this uh, in the mountains, and Luis said, "Stop." I was the one driving, and he said, "Now look down in that valley, and there's a building down there." And he said, that's the orphanage that I grew up in. And I knew he was an orphan, but um, his parents had separated. Neither one of them wanted him. And so he spent several years in this orphanage. And he was very ornery. Uh, they kicked him out. Ended up living on the streets of La Paz. And uh, another time I was with him in La Paz, we were a block away from the, the city square. And he said, stop. And he said, right. He pointed at the ground, the cobblestone street. He said, right there's where I accepted Christ. So there was a street evangelist uh, preaching right there, and I heard it, and I knelt right on the, the cobblestone there and accepted Christ. And after that, he got involved in uh, church, uh, met some missionaries, 
um, heard God's call to Abram to be a blessing to, the, to all the earth. And he asked the missionary, he said, where can I get training to be a missionary? He said, well, there's a missionary training school in Lima, Peru. So he said, I'm, he was like 19 at the time. He said, I'm going to go to Lima, Peru. And, uh, but he had a problem. He went to immigration and uh, they said, you need documents. He was an orphan. He didn't have ID. And uh, they said, you need documents. We can give you a visa to go over to Peru. But he didn't have any. But he was very persistent. He went every day. And finally, they, I think they got tired of him. They said, come back tonight after hours and we'll give you some papers and get you across the border. Kind of how things work sometimes. But um, so he hitchhiked his way to, to Peru, uh, through Peru to Lima. Uh, eventually studied and worked and got his doctorate. And uh, some of you may have heard of The Shining Path. It was a terrorist group in Peru in the 80s and, and 90s. And he started evangelizing villages that were being terrorized by The Shining Path. Now, everyone knew that if he did that, he'd be taken hostage. And so no other mission or church would work with him. He had to work on his own because several times he was taken hostage, and, uh, but they knew they wouldn't get a ransom for him, so they'd release him, and he'd go back out, evangelize him, they'd take him hostage again. He kept doing that, and he said, I need to train other people to help me. You know, it sounds kind of scary to do that, but he found some young people, started a missionary training school in Peru, and one day God said, I want you to go back to Bolivia, to your home country, and do the same thing there, training Bolivians to be missionaries. And so uh, he didn't want to do that because been successful there in Peru, but he was obedient, went back to Peru, or to Bolivia, and uh, basically started from scratch, and, but God has blessed that, it's been 14 years, and uh, go ahead to the next slide, um, now there are four missionaries that are working, three others that are working with him, uh, the couple from Australia that you heard his voice on the video, uh, we work with an Indian couple, uh, Sangpui and Albert, uh, the ones that invite us to, to India, and then you have us as Americans, and Luis and Ellie. This is a picture that we, we took in India. Go ahead to the next slide. Uh, and these are students from the Evangelical Church in Bolivia uh, that are training in our missionary training school. We have about 170 churches in, in Bolivia, which is actually more than the Evangelical Church has here in the U.S. But um, here's seven students that were training uh, last year. And uh, all of these, we were just able to go back uh, in May and visit and hear their testimonies and what God's doing in their lives. And all of them feel a call to go out uh, to the ends of the earth. Uh, some of them have specific calls to different countries. Ooh, go ahead to the next slide. So we'll continue here. Uh, God gave Abram a call. Uh, and then uh, the Israelites were in Egypt. God has brought them out. And he... So God's speaking here. He says, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Verse 5, it says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant. So he says, Now if they had a responsibility. God showed his grace by pulling them out. And then he says, But you, you have your responsibility. You need to obey me fully and keep my covenant. Then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Go ahead to the next slide. So we see God gave them three promises. And I use the King James here. It says, uh, you know, keep my covenant. You shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. When I was growing up, I heard that word peculiar. It sounds peculiar. 
Um, but what it means is, it comes from a Latin word that it's something valuable, but it's something that's, that's portable. Like this building is valuable, but it's in a fixed spot. But if we have a jewel or something we can carry with us, it's something that's portable. And God wanted his, his people, you know, he gave them the promised land, but it was a launching point for them to reach the world, to go out and reach the world. And so, uh, you know, we never wanted them to just keep to themselves, but to give God's blessing to the rest of the world. Go to the next slide, please. Um, we see another promise that God gave them and the command. You will be for me a kingdom of priests. It wasn't just for Aaron and the following his descendants as priests to be priests, but all of them. What does a priest do? He's a mediator between uh, God and, and people. And God wanted the Israelites to be that, a whole kingdom of priests, to reach the world as well. And then he says a holy nation. Uh, the Israelites lived amongst other nations that were not holy or had different, different definitions of holiness. But God wants us to be holy. And we can talk about holiness all day and what that means, but really it comes down to loving the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And God wanted them to be full of his love and show that to, to others. And so, um, but unfortunately, in many ways, they failed. But go ahead, the next slide. But God gave, gives us the same command as Gentiles. Uh, he says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So he gives us the same command. We are to be people to go out and carry his blessing to others and to show his love to others. Go ahead to the next slide, please. So we uh, have a picture here. Uh, you can see Jenny there on the left. Um, there's a mixture of missionaries and Bolivians. Some of you may have heard of the course, uh, Perspectives on the Worldwide Christian Movement. It's a, a course that we were able to take in, when we were in seminary, but it's a, a course that teaches people their place and what God's call is to all of us uh, in taking his word to the nations. Now, hundreds of thousands of people have taken it here in the U.S., but just uh, about three or four or five years ago, they translated it into Spanish. And Jenny was on the committee to bring that to Bolivia. And the course costs about $120. And many people said, no, Bolivians aren't going to pay $120 to take a missions course. And so we didn't know what to expect. But uh, as Jenny was saying, uh, the last five or six years, we've seen an awakening in how people are feeling called themselves to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We ended up having 185 students uh, take that course in La Paz, Santa Cruz, and Cochabamba. Uh, we were amazed by that, and uh, I was able to teach, but it was, uh, you know, just shows what God is doing in Bolivia and in, in Latin America. Many people think Bolivia is the key to missions in Latin America because it's the poorest country, and God is using Bolivians to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Go ahead to the next picture. This is just a, a picture of the class uh, last fall. Uh, in La Paz. You can just see uh, some of the students that we have there. So go ahead to the next slide. We'll continue in the Old Testament uh, in the theme of, of blessing. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on, 
on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. And so we see here again, may God be gracious to us, bless us, make his face shine on us, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. You know, the Israelites are saying, bless us so that we can bless others. Go to the next slide. It says, may the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. It says, you rule the people with, with equity. Now, we're getting ready to celebrate 4th of July. Uh, I don't know, you know, some of you have traveled to other places and realized how blessed we are here in the U.S. It says, the rule, that, may you rule the people with equity. Uh, we have, we've been blessed with, and we may complain, but uh, a good system of justice here in the U.S. In Bolivia, there's so much corruption so much corruption, uh, it's just, it's maddening sometimes and frustrating. Um, we know that people are praying for us uh, all the time, and we've had quite a few things happen in the last, just the last few years, a couple of near-death experiences, not just for us, but also for others. Uh, back three, is it three years ago now, I was driving about 50 miles an hour, uh, about the closest thing we have to a highway in Cochabamba, and I saw an older gentleman walking his bike along the side of the road. And I just slowed down a little bit. And just as I got to him, without, without looking, he just jumped on his bike right in front of me. And I nailed him. I was going about 50 miles an hour. Um, scariest moment of my life. Well, there's others now. But uh, he ended up back about the sound booth. Um, I thought I killed him. If you kill, as a driver, someone in Bolivia, they'll just throw you in jail. It's always going to be your fault, especially as a, a white foreigner. Uh, but a miracle happened. He didn't have a single broken bone. Um, I called Jenny, and I said, she says I wasn't talking in complete sentences. It's like, I, you know, I just killed someone. And, uh, and then I'm like, wait, he's, he's sitting up. And in my mind, I thought, well, he's sitting up. It's kind of like in the movies where someone like, sits up and says a few words and then just kind of you know, keels over. But then he got up, and... He ended up with 26 stitches on his head, but not a broken bone. He was 76 years old. Uh, he found out he was a Christian. Family didn't ask any money for it from us. But um, it just uh, shows, you know, we knew people were praying for us, and so we're very thankful for that. But uh, also just thankful for God. We know that God rules with equity. Go ahead to the next slide. So we finish up this psalm here. It says, the land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. You know, God blesses us. May God bless us, not just materially, but spiritually, so that all the earth will fear him. This psalm was sung every year at Pentecost. It talks about yielding a harvest. What happened in, on the day of Pentecost? You know, the Holy Spirit came and, you know, 3,000 people was, was the harvest that was yielded that day. And go ahead to the next slide. So Jesus uh, gave the command, uh, the Great Commission. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And here's the promise at the end. It says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. How is he with us? He sent his Holy Spirit. What the next slide? Uh, you guys, we've already looked at this this morning. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's a promise that God give, gives us. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. And we will be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. We will take his blessing to the end of the earth. That's what happens when we receive the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> I just want to finish with uh, a story from our trip to India back in October. We were, were privileged to go to six different cities in India and see lots of different things. It was, just, uh, it was an eye-opening experience. I'd never been to a place where Christianity or Catholicism was not the, you know, the main religion. You can feel the spiritual oppression. But we had a day, uh, kind of a free day in Kolkata, or what used to be called Calcutta. And Jenny asked me, he's like, what do you want to do? And she said, let's go to Mother Teresa's convent. I said, yeah, that, that's probably good. We're here. I'd never really studied much about Mother Teresa. But um, so we decided to go. We got there in a taxi at 1228. And a nun met us at the door and said, hurry up, hurry up. We're, we're about ready to close. And so we ran in and um, they showed us Mother Teresa's tomb. And, but the museum was closed. And they were going to be closed until 3 o'clock. So we were kind of sad, thought, well, we'll have to come back at 3 and uh, see the museum. But then they opened it for us. And uh, we weren't prepared for what we saw. Um, Jenny and I ended up crying most of the time while we were in there. Um, it starts out, there were like pictures on the wall, um, and they give a story. And it starts out by how Mother Teresa was called to missions. And she said, um, in those days, when you left for the mission field, you didn't see your parents again. And uh, as we read that, we were crying. And, um, but it, it spoke to me, as we train young people to be missionaries, and we also see this here in the U.S., uh, many times the biggest obstacle are, are the parents. Um, we had a student who, I mean, just a, she's a great student, um, and God told her, uh, or not God, her, her dad told her, she said, I didn't pay for you to, she went to college first and then came to the missionary training school. I didn't pay for you to take, your education, and then to go be a missionary. And we hear different stories about that. But uh, if we were raising our children to be a blessing, we just have to allow them to be a blessing, however God wants them to, to be a blessing. It may be being a missionary. And it's not just about our children. Um, it can be our own talents, our time, our money, whatever the case may be. God's given us, blessed us with so much even our children, that we can we give that over to God to be a blessing to others. Second thing I saw there in, in Mother Teresa's, in that museum, was her emphasis on prayer. Everywhere we went, it just talked about, you know, I felt God was leading me to do this, but there were all these obstacles, and she would pray, and, and she kept talking about the, the, just the blessing of, of prayer and how God uses that. And it was just uh, one story after another, and just, you know, taught me again. Uh, we have access to the creator of the universe. And uh, he's blessed us with that. We can have access to him. But many times we don't take advantage of it. And so uh, it convicted me to pray more. And uh, we can be a blessing in that way as well. 
And the third thing that uh, we saw is, as we were finishing up, it was the last uh, picture there on the wall. Uh, someone came to Mother Teresa and said, um, my neighbor, there was an, we had, they have six kids. Uh, they haven't eaten for days. Do you think you have food for them? And so uh, Mother Teresa took rice, a big bag of rice to them, and gave it to the mother. And she immediately left with the bag of rice. Came back in a couple minutes and empty-handed. And the Mother Teresa said, well, what'd you do with the rice? And she said, well, my, my Muslim neighbors, uh, it was like a family of 10, said they haven't eaten for longer than us. And so uh, I gave the rice to them. And uh, I just sobbed as I was reading that. But, you know, she was, she's not even a Christian. She was a Hindu. Her neighbor was a Muslim. Many times Hindus and Muslims do not get along. They don't like each other. But, uh, you know, she received that rice and she didn't, you know, hesitate or pray about it or think about it. She immediately went to her neighbor and gave him that rice. And uh, expecting to be taken care of and, you know, in another way. But um, we've been blessed, you know, not only materially, but spiritually with the gospel. And um, it was a Hindu lady who gave the rice to someone else. And uh, we can follow that example as well, to take uh, the blessing that we've received and take it to others. I'd like to call the, the worship team up. I'm going to uh, pray, and uh, you guys can start coming up. So. Thank you, Lord, for uh, this morning that we can come here and uh, worship. We thank you for this church. Uh, we thank you for the blessing they are in this community and the world. I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who fills us with power to, to be your witnesses. Uh, we just pray that we'll continue to, uh, all of us, to take that blessing uh, wherever you call us. You've all called us to different places. And uh, we just pray that we'll continue to uh, trust in you to lead us and guide us uh, wherever you call us, Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's, the, that's the amazing thing about the gospel is, is that we understand the blessing that God has uh, placed on us to now take the mantle and be God's witness. Um, it's unbelievable how I think about that he would choose us, right? Think about your life. And God still says, no, you're worthy to carry the message because you've understood the treasure you found. And it's because we are the treasure. And I know today is maybe a little bit... Um, discombobulated because I'm going to do something um, that uh, doesn't seem to go along with it, but it really does. Um, if you don't know, this is Brian's last Sunday here, and so he has officially moved his whole entire family uh, to Great Falls, and he just has come back to this, and he starts his new job tomorrow. And so, uh, as you were talking, this idea of God's blessing and sharing that blessing um, I for probably about a month have been sitting here going I'm not going to do it <laughs> I don't cry um, been sitting for a month going well why well man we man I'm going to lose a partner or a friend and as you're talking God is sitting there going do you really think that Brian's everything like that 
there's not more blessings if you allow treasures to flow. And if you know anything about what Brian's doing, he is leaving here to go to an organization that specifically helps families take on orphans and to show them a home and to, uh, to love them well. And so it's almost as if God is calling Brian to know you need to go be a blessing. And as much as he's been a blessing to us, it is one of those things that we need to allow him to, to go and so what I would like to do this morning is first we have just a little bit of a parting gift. Um, the quilting ladies have made some things for you. And so Brian, you can come up here, but I just want you to stand here. And uh, they just want to share some uh, blankets for your kids. <laughs> Puberty is hip. Uh, my house and um, also just for your family and so uh, you have to you're gonna have to turn around because the last thing that we're going to do is uh, I'm gonna ask for the whole entire church family to come and surround Brian and we're gonna pray for him um, and so uh, you're gonna have to do this dude get through it bro because I have to do it too. So uh, if you'll just come around to him, we're going to pray for him. But there's a lot of people here, dude. So you're going to have to like go in the middle over here so people can just surround. And if you can't come up here, if you just want to reach out your arm, we're going we're gonna to pray for Brian as he, as he heads out. And so, um, yeah. Does everybody come on up and around and... We'll wait. <laughs> and so we're going to pray together. And, uh, We'll send him on his way. But before anything, please go, go talk to the wool heaters. Ask them about how you can be a blessing with them and partner with them or even just see what God is calling you to be. And uh, know that the Holy Spirit gives power to do the work of the ministry. And so uh, whatever that might be, uh, just be open to that. So please spend the time with that. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you tremendously for the three years that we've gotten to have the Gustafsons be a part of our family here. The things that they've taught us, the things that um, we've taught them, the things, the blessings that they have been in our community. And Lord, as much as we may think that the, that things are going away, Lord. I, 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 I ask that we're always in a constant state of looking how we can take your kingdom and, and bless the world because you have been a blessing to us. And so God, I, I pray for your Holy Spirit to be on Brian's life, that as he enters into his new job tomorrow or the next day or, or even next week, Lord, that you would show him ways in which he can increase your kingdom in 
the job that he's going, that he can talk to families and that the churches that he's going to be going into would, would have open arms to hear the message of we need to take care of widows and orphans and we need to go to the outer ends of the earth to do it. And so God, I, I just I pray for your blessing on his life as he pours out to others, that God, that he would consistently fill his cup with you so that it overflows to everyone else. God, be with his family and allow them to know that this is a good change. That God, above our own comfort, above our own desires, that Lord, your kingdom is worth more than anything else. Your, your word says in Matthew 6, to seek your kingdom above all else and all these things will be given unto us. God, we thank you for the message that we heard today through the wool heaters that God, we are to share your blessings. So Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace upon our lives. Lord, may we leave this building knowing that it's your grace and mercy that we take, take with us, not our own. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Have a great Sunday. Love you all. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.